www.healthcmi.com. Acupuncture Continuing Education Online. Today we're going to take a close look how acupuncture helps people with asthma. This is serious business. Asthma can be scary. In its worst presentations can be life-threatening. It can last beyond childhood into adulthood. It can have also adult onset. It's very serious. However, traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and herbs are both well-suited to treating this disorder, controlling it, and sometimes eliminating it. It's serious business, and in Chinese medicine, we have serious tools to deal with this. Let's take a look at this research published April 10, 2020. If you go to healthcmi.com, click on News, and look for the article, Acupuncture Surpasses Drugs for Asthma, you'll see this article. A lot of details, very good research. Acupuncture outperforms drug therapy for the treatment of asthma. Shaman Chinese Medicine Hospital, it's a Fujian traditional Chinese medicine university affiliate. Researchers compared acupuncture with an inhaler. So they had basically a combination of a corticosteroid and also a bronchodilator, which is normal. In fact, even after I cure the patient of asthma, long after the asthma is a distant memory, I recommend for at least a couple years keeping the inhalers around just in case there's an emergency, like that safety blanket. So again, there's no Eastern versus Western medicine. There is only medicine. There is only one objective to get the patient healthy. There is no us versus them. This is all nonsense. In fact, a lot of the drugs that we have today come from the original botanicals. And then we've extracted and isolated the ingredients and, that, and, and made a synthetic for a pharmaceutical drug. Sometimes that type of concentration can lead to toxicity issues. And sometimes it can allow for wide distribution without depleting the world of all its botanicals. So this is a balancing act medicine. We want efficaciousness without side effects. The nice thing about acupuncture and herbal medicine for asthma is it's basically non-toxic and it gets great results. That's what you want. High efficaciousness, low adverse effect rate. Drug therapy, basically in controlling it, had an 88.9% total effective rate. Not without side effects, but acupuncture had a 93.3% total effective rate. They got in deep here. They looked at immunoglobulin G. They looked at IgM, you know, IgE. They looked at CD3, uh, T lymphocytes, suppressor T lymphocytes, which are CD8, uh, the ratio of CD4 to CD8. They got in deep into peak expiratory flow, forced expiratory, uh, expiratory volume, forced vital capacity of the lungs. They measured a lot of parameters. They had a sample size of 180 patients. It was randomized and controlled. They did a great job on this study. And what they found is the blood levels of inflammatory agents came down. The lung volume and capacity increased. There was less frequency, duration, intensity of asthma. This is not unusual to find because acupuncture is so well suited to treating this disorder. So they used uh, a few points. They used Dazoi, Feishu, Danjong, Ding Chuan, 
GV14, Bladder 13, CV17, and EXB1, which is Ding Chuan on the back. PC5, Triple Burner 6, Kidney 3, and Stomach 36. So, John Shuja, Go, Tai Shi, Zhu Sanli. Now, what's nice is, even if someone's having a lot of that wheezing, let's say they come in and it's just nasty, even the inhaler can't control it, and they're wheezing, and they're coughing, and they have a little bit of choking, and it's pretty nasty flare-up. You put two needles in Ding Chuan, which is on the back, which is also, Ding Chuan Tang is also the name of an herbal formula. Not to be confused with the acupuncture points on the upper back. So you put those points in and stimulate them properly. Sometimes you can make the acute flare disappear completely. So basically Ding Chuan meaning stop asthma. Okay, uh, the, these points are extraordinary, and they're 0.5 sun, which is about a half an inch, lateral to do 14 or GV14, which is uh, below C7. So it's basically a half inch from the midline below the uh, below C7. It's it's an incredible point. I like the Jaji points at bladder 13. They did. Face shoe in this study, bladder 13, which is a little lower over the lungs. It just relaxes the back, relaxes the muscles, smooths the breathing. It's somewhat instantaneous. Uh, not used here with CV22 long term on the front. That's a great point to use and also highly recommended. Okay. They give all the needling techniques, how they got the job done. Absolutely amazing results. If you know of a child who's suffering from asthma, if you have a friend, an adult, elderly person, I couldn't more strongly recommend seeing a licensed acupuncturist taking care of this problem. This is in the wheelhouse. It is a forte of acupuncture and herbal medicine. Chinese medicine encompasses both. So a traditional approach to this is one of the best approaches. Again, I cannot more strongly recommend acupuncture and herbal medicine for the treatment of asthma. This is great research. So if you want to take a look at all the specifics, the acupuncture needle techniques, uh, the outcomes, how they measured it uh, against the uh, guidelines for prevention and treatment of bronchial asthma published by the Chinese Medical Society Respiratory Branch, Go ahead and take a look at this article. Again, go to healthcmi.com. Look for the article entitled, Acupuncture Surpasses Drugs for Asthma. Simply click on News, and you'll find it. I, thinking of so many patients over so many years that recovered, it just makes life better. Now, let's say it's so severe. Maybe we can't make it disappear completely, but I'll tell you what, we can make it less. An acupuncturist is looking for three basic parameters. Now here they get into blood serum levels of how inflammatory factors are affected. And they get into actually measuring things like forced vital capacity of the lungs, things like that. But what we're looking for is frequency, duration, and intensity. In other words, we're going to make life better. How? When you get that attack, it's going to be less often. When you get that attack, it's probably going to be less severe. Or the frequency of severe attacks is less 
and that takes that fear factor out. So for the most severe cases, they might get some type of attack, but it won't be that life-threatening or that frightening moment. And the duration, how quickly can you bounce back from that? How long does it last? Things like this. So these are the factors we're looking at. There's a lot in Chinese medicine. Not too happy about Xi Xin, one particular herb being unavailable uh, because it's a type of wild ginger. It's slightly toxic. So obviously if you use it in large quantities, dangerous. But in the small quantities we use it in, uh, harmless basically. That herb can be essential for asthmatics. However, we don't have access to that right now. Also, there are some limits on using Ma Huang because, um, again, a Ma Huang can really stimulate the system. People can use it as a stimulant improperly. But again, the dosages we use it in are not really as a stimulant. Ephedra or ephedrine or adrenaline, as you might call it, is really what the herb has in it. Uh, but the, the quantities we use it in to open the lungs is different than as a stimulant to make people have a high or uh, stay up at night or something like that. So Mahuang has its limits in the United States. That has a lot to do with how the uh, drug laws work. So there's really, it's almost like there's two categories that the FDA deals with or the USDA, the U.S. government deals with, for example, and this varies from country to country. I know this is an international podcast, so we're always interested to hear feedback. Again, if you want to write a review, please do for our podcast or even make a note in your review about what's going on in your country. So Ma Huang, because it can be made into drugs and things when people super concentrate, it can be dangerous. But again, an acupuncturist who's licensed, who's trained in using this, uses it in low quantities, it's very safe. But again, we have limits on how we can use it now. For example, a lot of malpractice insurance carriers won't cover an acupuncturist who uses it. So those are some issues around using Ma Huang and why we have problems. And again, as I was saying before, you really have for the FDA or the USDA, the U.S. government, two tiers. You have drugs, which have to go through an extensive testing process, and then you have foods. And that supplement, botanical, in-between area, it's a very gray area in terms of oversight regulation. It's not very sophisticated. Um, I know countries, I've seen things in Germany where some stronger things, some types of medicines that have a little bit of nicotine in them or things like this that have controlled substances added to them. I notice in the pharmacies, people can still buy certain things that are quite strong, but they're kept behind the counter with the pharmacist. And then you have to ask, and it adds another level of safety and protection. Again, just because it's a botanical, just because it's an herb doesn't make it safe. Yeah, they, they're, they're very strong, some of them. So I do believe in consumer protection, but we also have to allow people the freedom to get things that are helpful to them. And there's a balance. So our labeling laws are not very good. If there's uh, innumerable studies showing how something works, it still may you may not be able to say any of that information on the label because it has to pass certain parameters through the FDA. It can be very expensive and time-consuming in the United States to go through the Food and Drug Administration to get something through. And then it's labeled as a drug, and now it has to be a prescription. So... We need to do something about that gray area in between. Uh, there were some moves to take everything from vitamin C and vitamin E on up 
and make them prescription drugs. That was one move. Let's just take all the food supplements and vitamins and herbs and make them prescription drugs. Well, that's not the move. Really, I, I think that's overkill. Does someone really need a prescription to go get vitamin C? So that bill was shot down years ago. I remember when that was happening. And uh, what a strange moment in time. That almost happened. People don't realize how that was very close. And the Hatch-Richardson bill stopped that. There you had um, kind of a right-wing Republican representing vitamin and supplement interests in Utah, combining with a liberal Democrat from California, saving the day. So you can go out and just buy vitamin C or vitamin E or whatever, and herbal medicine can be accessible, things like that. So there was some cooperation there to keep things available to consumers. I, I understand consumer protectionism, but it can be overkill and also work against us. They're not bad or good. Some of them are useful tools. Some of them shouldn't be taken. We always say one person's medicine is another person's poison. So it, when you have a trained, licensed acupuncturist, and in many states, such as California, for example, which represents about 50% of all acupuncturists in the United States, they are fully trained in herbal medicine. So they know not to use shi shin in large quantities. They don't hyper-concentrate ma huang to use it as a stimulant. They use it in small quantities for something like asthma and what miraculous effects it can have. So that's a little background on that. I know I, I digressed a bit today, but that's a wide field. It's a long discussion, which is beyond really the scope of this research. Suffice to say, all of this nonsense and lack of clarity and gray area is causing problems for us getting people better with asthma because some of the tools we need are not available. However, the acupuncture is fully available for that and a lot of other great herbs because we have interchangeable herbs that work great. So we can do Ding Chuan Tang, the herbal formula, without Ma Huang and still get great result. But wouldn't it be nice if when we needed it, we could use it? Yes. Should the average consumer be able to buy Ma Huang? I don't know. Uh, but I do know uh, a warning label would be appropriate uh, I do know a licensed acupuncturist who's trained in the use of it should have access to it. I also know that making it a prescription drug is foolishness because MDs are, are not trained in how to use the herb Ma Huang. They are trained in how to take adrenaline injections and save lives. So that's a different story. That's not what we're talking about, these super strong, hyper, hyper powerful things. We're talking about the uh, raw herb. So it's a sophisticated issue. People like to take sides and things. But really, there's only one side, right? That's just getting people healthy and helping people. Really, that's the, the true perspective on it. And then how to make that safe and accessible and readily available to people in a good way and to prevent abuses is more on the legal side. It's really beyond the scope of my expertise. I, I know the medical side, and I know there are some issues. So perhaps the issue is having some type of restriction, uh, maybe licensed acupuncturists for certain things that are toxic, maybe they can get them, or maybe everyone can get them, but you have to go through the pharmacist and explain why you're using it, and it's not just, can't just pull it off the shelf and walk out. You, you know, you have to speak with someone, and they can vet you right then and there. I don't know these issues, but I do know what I've seen over the years. I'm Adam White, licensed acupuncturist. I want to say that I'm 
been very grateful to help people with asthma over many, many years. And some of the herbs that were once available to me to help people are no longer available because of the changes in laws. And they come and go. I remember once a, a simple type of comfrey. You know, comfrey is used, especially in Jamaica, as a healing herb, a poultice, topical, internal, very mild, non-toxic type of herb. However, there is a variety in Great Britain in one small area that is toxic. So it became illegal for something like five, ten years, you know. Uh, and it's now legal again. It was really silly. Just because one variety is illegal doesn't mean to knock it out for the whole world, especially if it's a rare variety. Um, same thing with culinary mushrooms, you know, and, and where I live in Santa Cruz County, for example, there's one type of black mushroom, which is the entire globe is completely non-toxic and is high culinary cuisine. However, in Santa Cruz County, they're deadly. So do we make, you know, this wide swath of culinary mushrooms illegal? I don't think so. But we could have warnings and things like that. And mind you, you don't see them in stores for sale. People might go out and pick them and get in a lot of trouble. They, they could die. Um, so education is, is really the best defense for everybody. Well, thank you for listening. I covered a little bit. I digressed a little into the political world because why? Because when you go to a hospital, when you go to the doctor, the first line of defense, they say, oh, your child has asthma or you're 80 years old, it's dangerous to have asthma. They don't say, well, you need to see a licensed acupuncturist herbalist. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of modern research in just the last few years showing how acupuncture and herbs work. So maybe you should go see them. That's not happening, okay? But it needs to be happening. Thank you for listening. I'm Adam White, licensed acupuncturist. Until next time, come and visit us at www.healthcmi.com. <laughs>